Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Adventures in Movies, where we talk about the indie and genre films you've never heard of, the ones you can't hear enough about, and the ones you never want to hear about again. My name is Nathaniel Muir, and I'm the movie editor at AAPT. Joining me on these ongoing adventures is the host who's got his Tony Llamas on and his blue jeans pressed. Absolutely. I'm super Western these days, uh, as you can tell by my... Uh, you know who I got to, I've gotten to know, luckily... The brewery, the brewery has allowed me to meet various people that I would have never thought I've ever gotten to know. One of which is Tony Lama's grandson. Really? Yes. Who is a UTEP professor and a very cool guy named Steve. So, Steve, if you ever hear this here podcast, what's up, buddy? Steve Lama, what does he teach? Uh, journalism. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. Yeah. He's a cool guy. He's a cool guy. He likes, he likes our brown ales. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a while. We haven't made it in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he, he, he ain't yeah. that cool. He, yeah, he's, not that big he's all right, but he's getting less cool every day. <laughs> yeah, his boots were made for walking. Also joining us is host who's uh, returning after a mini master of book learning. I was actually doing some book teaching and I am wearing my Lama Tonys. <laughs> Lama Tony. Regina, welcome back to the show. So for the first time in a while, there's uh, three of us on the show, and I believe the way that works is it's uh, one for two and two for one. <laughs> I, I just learned that on uh, Tinturera. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> which, uh, good also, things come in threes, man. <laughs> which I also went to ask you like last week when, when you started that movie, yeah. did, the, did your apartment fill with the smell of baby oil? <laughs> <laughs> Co coconut oil a, a sea breeze was wafting through my my window yeah no and then there was another smell but i cow manure <laughs> <laughs> oh, for those who haven't had a chance to listen last week was our 200th episode and what we did was we kind of uh picked a pair of movies that defined what adventures in movies is all about and uh i think we picked some two very interesting and fun movies uh, definitely check out the show uh and rancho deluxe were our two uh podcast defining movies that we yeah. talked about so definitely check it out uh, this week we're gonna kind of look ahead um 2022 is about to end and honestly it's christmas and there's really not much in the way of genre news or even movie news in general coming out but we have seen a bunch of movies that are coming out for 2023. Um, I'm going to start with, uh, just because the title is so funny, and I just saw the trailer uh, this past weekend for uh, Cocaine Bear, a hilarious <laughs> title. Uh, and the, it, it's a really funny looking movie. And then I read that it's actually based on true events, like right. a, a bear that actually ingested cocaine in, in like 1985. And people referred to the bear as Pablo Escobar. And stuff like that. But, uh, and it looked really it's funny. The 80s. <laughs> It, right it, it looked really silly and then i saw it was directed by elizabeth banks and um all of a sudden i just didn't want to see it as much <laughs> you know what's what's fucked up i think this is ray liotta's last movie man oh think, really yeah I he, that's one I, to go out on yeah hopefully he is the titular bear <laughs> or the cocaine <laughs> just snort ray liotta his death is all covered i together, thought the though. bear we said it was based on a real story i thought it was based on ray liotta's life <laughs> <laughs> what movies are you all in? and i mean Dates are going to change with these movies and some may get moved forward. But um, is there any movies for next year that you both are looking forward to? Uh, for me, for sure, it's Megan. It's got to be Megan since I saw the, the trailer. I can't wait. Um, Super creepy trailer. Yeah, I remember you shot us that trailer like mm -hmm. in the middle of the afternoon. You just texted to us and I, and I just <laughs> yeah. I just saw a picture of a doll and I was like, oh, I guess it's a creepy doll. And I watched the trailer and it does look creepy and and there's a dance i'm sure people have seen the trailer now it's been on for months right. now the dance that the doll does is equal parts scary and incredibly funny <laughs> yeah it's it's super eerie and i guess i'm seeing a theme here for uh some of the stuff uh that we're going to be talking about but uh i love one of these underlying themes but yeah it looks incredibly creepy but i'm i'm excited for megan i'm really excited for uh this uh this last voyage of the demeter we've been discussing on how you say it. some horror genre person please uh, send me the uh, exact pronunciation yes but, let uh, us know how yeah. brown stoker himself pronounced. yes how he wanted that said but uh, obviously based on the little part of dracula where the uh dracula himself is on a 
a sea cruise. <laughs> I was gonna say a three-hour tour. Yeah. <laughs> Where um, he like, well, something bad happens on that boat, and it arrives with just him on it. So um, uh, it sounds really cool. Um, I know Kelly from Night Living Podcast has been talking about this movie or something about this. I guess it was a book too. They've made another. There's like another book that's kind of based on it. Oh, really? Um, yeah. It sounds it sounds great. So. Yeah, I've been looking forward to something involving this for a very long time. So that that's probably my highlight. I had no idea until we just started looking. That one sounds really cool. Like we've seen where there's different takes on like Shakespeare plays or they'll take a minor character or whatever like, and use the stories through their eyes type of thing. Um, this one sounds really cool. It's based on just one chapter out of a very iconic book. And it's mm-hmm. a really kick-ass scene like when it has been portrayed in movies and uh yeah we know we're not going to get a happy ending i i hope they don't retcon it type thing like but like quentin tarantino does it really cool with his stuff but just like this one should just be left as is i'm really interested in seeing what they do with it it's going to end in a marriage (laughs) (laughs) the sea captain he has to he has to marry dracula to another (laughs) and then that's why dracula killed him because he realized what a huge mistake he <laughs> I'm sure you're looking forward to this one, Regina. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, yeah, and I'm also really looking forward to Scream Six. I'm a big Scream fan, so <laughs> I just want to like, you know, well, <laughs> the topic of crewmates uh, screaming for their lives. I want to jump over to Scream Six. I'm really looking forward to that one. Love the last one. Gotta do, do we know? Are they carrying on from last the last edition? Yeah, it's, I saw a poster, and I don't know if it was a fan-made thing or what people were hoping for, but it was called The Last... The, the poster has Ghostface on it, and it says The Last Scream. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Uh, I don't... All right. Uh, it's definitely continuing from the previous one. Heard that I, before, Final Friday. <laughs> right? <laughs> last Nightmare. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or Final Nightmare or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> this one's interesting because um, Jenna Ortega, she's become very popular over the past few years and then after wednesday she's got like a whole new fan base and those who already liked her like her even more oh. so, um she was great in screen scream five i thought she's really good when she does this genre stuff i thought she's great she's great she does she's getting like this cult following it's really bizarre and i'm kind of loving it because i kind of think she's yeah. great yeah she's yeah, really cool her. she's yeah. awesome she was in this movie called uh the fallout which is not a genre movie it's like it's about a very serious topic it's about a school shooting and like the after the fallout of it basically oh, and she plays a very serious role and it's not something you would expect to see her in but she did a great job and won like best picture at south by southwest and a couple of years back uh, this is during the pandemic so i think it might be on hulu now yeah because of timing it flew under the radar i think but oh, okay yeah, she's really good. Like, um, I think Scream Six, it's gonna have to live up to a really, really big pedigree. Like, obviously, it does not. I think like Sydney will not be returning. Um, Nev Campbell is not gonna be coming back to Scream Six, and there's a lot of people who um, that I've seen that they're they've already decided that Scream Six sucks and they're not gonna see it just because Sydney's not in it. That's it like, is. I mean, she's a super yeah. she's a super cool character, and she's she's great, but she's barely even in the last one. And yeah, and it's kind of like I mean, kind of shoehorned in, if you ask me. Well, yeah, I mean, if you tell me that Ghostface won't be in it, I might be right? Well, and it's kind of like a thing, like when when the last screen came out, like people were like, "Oh, cool, it's twenty years later," and then when it hit theaters, like from what I saw, people were like genuinely impressed. They like genuinely liked the movie. Um, yeah. it, it sucks that Nev Campbell's not going to be in it, but that shouldn't ruin your memories of the, the movie that just came out. But yeah, as soon as that decision is made, people are, oh, there's a, you know, the fan base are kind of like, okay, I'm not going to see the next one. It's like, well, come on. And, and to your point, like, yeah, she's like hardly in it. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't think that'll make or break it. Now, that being said, horror history has proven that when you do go to Manhattan, as Jason Voorhees will tell us, it's not always the best result. And I believe this one's taking place in New York. Okay, sweet. All right. Well, I mean, I'm I'm in. I, I will definitely check it out. I always do. Uh, we'll see if they can buck the trend. Um, yeah. Going back to Dracula and characters getting their own movies and all that, Nicolas Cage is going to be portraying Renfield uh, right now scheduled to come out in April. But uh, uh, I mean, it's Nicolas Cage's Renfield. And I've seen some, I think we've all seen some really over the top portrayals of Renfield. So I can't wait to see this. What's the movie where he's a vampire? A Vampire's Kiss. 
I think for, so. Yeah, he's yeah, extra for, bunkers in it too. So I yeah. hope that it's <laughs> good kind of performance. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, and like I'm looking at like images right now, and he's like in a red velour suit. Look at him. He amazing. looks a whole lot like. Uh, fucking oh i forgot his fucking name again uh john travolta john travolta <laughs> looks a whole lot like john travolta which is just and like so yeah i like how weird he is now man i love nicholas cage and yeah. this has got like nicholas Holt in it and a bunch of, like it's oh this wow is he great. Did too? yeah that's what it says <laughs> that's awesome. yeah. oh, hopefully like well nicholas cage for years now is like uh he's really leaned into that like image that people have him but he's just a genuinely good actor he he brings the goods and yeah like it's it's a character that everyone like i think is you know really he's a love character you know he doesn't have the biggest people love renfield and to see nicholas cage's take on it will be a lot of fun we also have (laughs) we also have in february um this is one that like i think all of us when we first heard about it we thought it was a joke but it's the truth it's coming out Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. I feel like we've been talking about this thing for a year. And so I'm excited. It's right around the corner. February's just right around the corner. So it'll yeah, be here before we know it. Right in time for Valentine's Day. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And uh I guess we'll close with uh there's a couple of sequels coming out. Uh and I think we, I'm going to, I'm going to predict that we have mixed feelings on, on these, <laughs> these uh, sequels. Uh, first one is Evil Dead Rise that I think we're probably all really uh, highly anticipating. Definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. I'm uh, Especially Williams rules. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's cool that uh, now going back to fan bases, like Bruce Campbell, he said he's not going to be in Evil Dead Rise, but he is going to be behind the scenes kind of, uh, I think he's an executive producer, and I'm sure he'll be, you know, dropping some tidbits here and there. But uh, everyone's still super excited. There's no like, oh no, there's no ash. I don't want to see it. Like, no, it's still fun. Yeah, yeah, it's Dead Eyes, Dead Eyes are nice and gross, and it's. I want to see what happens. I'm just really curious about it. See where yeah, they take the story. I like how they kind of, they kind of, they let other people work w- within the Evil Dead world, but they kind of just, they kind of always have their hands on it just a little bit to make sure it comes out right. So. Yeah, I'm super excited. And then the other one that I think, well, I'd, I'd love to hear what you guys think about this. The, the the group that gave us the just completed Halloween trilogy is giving us a trilogy to the original Exorcist. So the it's, has, it doesn't have a title yet, but I'm assuming it's just going to be called The Exorcist. But the sequel to The Exorcist from, what, 73, 70, the iconic Exorcist is coming out next October. And it's the first part of a planned trilogy. After what happened with this Halloween trilogy, uh, I'll watch it, but um going in super skeptical. Worried. Oh. Yeah. Like a direct sequel, like after all this time. Yeah. Again. It'll be like the I'll Halloween see. trilogy where you you know the first one's like really cool. So at least you have this one to look forward to, and then we'll see what happens with the rest of them, maybe. Like yeah. I uh, yeah. I, I'm not I'm, really excited for it though. I'm agreeing with you. Like they pulled it off with Halloween when then they did, and everyone like universally everyone was like, wow, what a great sequel. Then again, there was like all the other Halloween sequels to compare it to. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I maybe in hindsight it's only good in comparison to. Whereas with the Exorcist, there's really not much to compare it to. So we might immediately see that it's not all that great of a sequel, but uh, I mean, I'll check it out, but it's kind of one of those. I'll just watch it just because it's The Exorcist. I will definitely watch it. I mean, (laughs) this crew, they both let me down and made me laugh a whole bunch uh, throughout their career. So uh, they still have some kind of, uh, I guess they still have some kind of gravitas. And so, yeah, I'll check it out. So those are just a few of the movies that we're looking forward to next year. Yes, Patrick. Let's look briefly into genre of the future. All righty. And we're going to start with uh, the holidays. So Shudder, um, they are celebrating Christmas on December the 9th with a holiday horror movie called Christmas Bloody Christmas. It's about a robot Santa gone wild. I mean, what more do you need to say? Robot Santa Gone Wild is like, I'm going to put that on all my profiles now on social media. That's what I am. 
That is exactly what I am. No, the, honestly, it looks great. The trailer, maybe again, man, I hate watching these trailers and feeling like they give away too much. But right. this is like Terminator meets Santa Claus, and everybody's naughty. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's uh, so whatever I think of like Robo Santa's, I think of the one from uh, Futurama. And <laughs> oh yeah, that's a great one. He's awesome. Him and Quanzabot and all them—they're like they're like super funny, and and they're really scary. Uh, I think that's the the pinnacle of robotic Santa's. But uh, this one, oh this God. this Christmas bloody Christmas Santa looks uh looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, it might be one that's on the uh, a regular horror holiday. <laughs> it, might, it might be it, it might be uh to Christmas what trick or treat is to Halloween. It, right yeah like this looks like it could it could end your like movie marathon on like halloween to get you ready for the next coming season sorry thanksgiving we're just we're just into christmas now so <laughs> uh but yeah that's actually a good idea <laughs> get yeah, you all there's, started there's just not enough thanksgiving movies to keep us anchored with thanksgiving there it's isn't just, man. that's to skip over yeah uh, no you're absolutely right and uh holiday horror movies like they're 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 pretty fun usually but there's some really bad ones but uh they, they're usually in like the slasher territory so it's kind of fun yeah. to see something a little different oh i like this this has kind of like a, a return of the living dead vibes like it looks like a bunch of like punk rock assholes have to deal with the murder of santa and i always like you know when punk rock assholes have to deal with anything because you know they're not going to do that in any kind of <laughs> just or good way <laughs> any logical way yes. they're gonna be punk as fuck about it yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, also coming out on the ninth, and um so this isn't so much a genre movie but um it's directed by someone who's very very much a part of uh the, the genre landscape uh mm-hmm. guillermo del toro's pinocchio hits netflix on december the 9th now I've seen people describe it as a dark retelling of Pinocchio based on the trailer. And I've only seen the one trailer. Like it, it looks cool. It looks really cool. But uh, the Disney version actually looks darker than what Mr. Del Toro is giving us. Yeah. Regina, are you like a big Pinocchio fan? I was going to say of all the, of all the Disney things, I gotta say <laughs> Pinocchio is really low on my list. I remember I even went to go watch like a Disney on ice now as a kid. And yeah. I look forward to when the uh, monster of the giant whale comes out. Like I, I like whales, but I just, I don't know. I've always <laughs> found the Pinocchio story kind of odd. It, it's just never really grabbed my attention. It was kind of, it's not gloomy like Dumbo where you're just like, no, right. it's just, it's just kind of odd. I don't it, know. It is weird. And I, I feel like when I was a kid, I loved it and I watched it all the time, but I don't think I've seen it in 30 years. <laughs> I mean, I, like, I mean that. I really don't, I don't think it's a thing. So, like, as a tale, I think it is a really weird and cool tale. Yeah. Like, it, it's super strange. And what it is to be human kind of stuff is, it's a cool story. I like that. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. And so, and, like, this looks crazily imagined and, like, a totally mm-hmm. new new look on it. Yeah, but I'm kind of like, man, I haven't felt the desire to watch Pinocchio in 30 years. And like, yeah, I have one. I definitely have. I kind of, I definitely want to see this. But um, yeah, interesting, interesting thing. Yeah, I'll get around to this one. And, and you're right about Pinocchio. That both of you are. That's kind of like on the tail end of the scale for whatever reason. Like, I feel like I saw that movie when I was really, really young. Like, yeah someone had like a disney re-released vhs of it or something mm-hmm. and i watched it and i and i feel like that's the only time i ever saw it like uncut because ever since then they i think they've cut out like him smoking a cigar and doesn't some little boy get oh. drunk or something in it or yeah yeah just a bunch of weird i think that's the part that creeped me out because i'm like you're little what are you guys doing <laughs> i don't know <laughs> what sauce. it was I was just a little too young and innocent, I guess, because to be like, wait, what? And now you're donkeys? What's happening? I, I, I yeah. read into it more, I think, is what was going on. Yeah. Little did you know that in 2022, they'd be cooking chicken uh, ba- ba- basted in NyQuil on TikTok. <laughs> Kids getting drunk in Pinocchio is like at the very, very least of our problems. Yeah, no, it was. So I was crude. <laughs> So uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about how Nightmare on Elm Street was coming to shutter, like the first seven movies. And we're like, oh, well, you know, you get all of them in one place. That's kind of different and cool if you're a fan. So uh, this was a little bit weirder. So 
this year Hulu just had their remake or retelling or uh, reboot, whatever the case may be, of Hellraiser. The Hellraiser franchise, which makes sense, is going to HBO Max. Go figure how that all works out. Okay. Uh, but um, Hellraiser, uh, iconic character for those who want to see the entire franchise for whatever reason it's going to be on hbo max starting december the 12th uh, i like the first two of them and i think i've seen the third one but i mean that's cool that they're getting them all in one place if you want to if you're a completionist for hellraiser but i don't think this is gonna like set any records for hbo max no and it's like a weird time to put it on like oh yeah, season's greetings Hellraiser, everybody. <laughs> Have a Cenobite Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which would look great on a card. Yeah, actually, that would make a great Christmas card. Yeah. You should uh, Photoshop a card out of you guys where uh, you're all dressed up like Cenobites, like in Hits. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of chains and hooks are in a ham. With Santa hats. <laughs> <with> Santa hats. <laughs> I like it. Yes. That'd be yes. awesome. <laughs> the, Lots the, of the, open flesh. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, why open presents when you could open flesh? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Awesome. Really good. Oh, thank you. Um, also coming out is um, on December the 13th is Smile. Uh, it's already out on Paramount Plus right now. It's done its theater run, but the uh, Blu-ray and DVD will be coming out. I'm sure they'll have some sort of cool like uh, collector's edition or something like that for it. But uh, Smile yeah. was one of those things that uh, I thought came out of nowhere because it has a really creepy trailer uh when i first it's just like a 30 second thing of like someone smiling all creepy when i saw more of it i was like eh, I, you know it looks scary and it looks cool and i'll watch it but i didn't think it would make that i didn't think that many other people would see it but it seems like it did pretty well for itself and people liked it yeah it seems like it's got some kind of following to it for, i haven't seen it yet i haven't seen it yet i think that's like as soon as i possibly can rent it i i definitely will so looking forward to it but yeah i had a bizarrely strong um trailer season like everybody was really creeped out by that trailer and then it, yeah. yeah it kind of hit i mean I, I i i presume it did it made its money back i'm sure that it did like you know with horror it doesn't take that much and then this one yeah. seemed to have more positive word of mouth than others so um I'm, I'm really it's always good when you see a, a, a fresh horror story come about and regina i know you liked it or at least you thought it was yeah. you enjoyed yeah. it right? I liked it. And it's funny you talked about the word of mouth. It's my students who told me I should watch it. They're like, oh, you would like Smile. I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> I was like, I've been wanting to watch it. And so they were also like, so many of them were into it. So I was like, all right, I'm going to check it out when I get home tonight. And I did. And I liked it. Dang, well, get ready for more smiles because the budget was $17 million and it made $216 million to date. So good for oh, Smile. Yeah. Smiling all the way to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> The other thing that I wanted to talk about on here, and this kind of ties into something you and I talked about a few weeks ago, Blake, where we were talking about weird sequels. And there's like Kindergarten, oh. Kindergarten Cup 2 and yeah. like a Scorpion King franchise exists. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Disney Plus, they seem to be doing something similar with like every single Disney property that was ever made. Like yep. it's one thing if they do like a Marvel or Star Wars standalone because it's Marvel and it's Star Wars. Like I get it. Mm -hmm. And they have a, a new Night at the Museum movie is coming out. Um, okay. The fourth one, apparently. I didn't even know there was three of them. But <laughs> <laughs> really surprising to me is that um, December the 14th, coming to Disney Plus, a uh, depending on how it does, it's going to be an ongoing series. National Treasure, Edge of History. No Nicolas uh, Cage. Okay. That's okay. I, 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 I will say... The National Tre Treasure movies are a guilty pleasure of mine. If yeah. they are on, I will watch them and I will enjoy them. I think they're the perfect blend of uh, stupid, good action entertainment and, uh, you know, akin to the likes of Indiana Jones. We just don't get those kind of movies anymore, uh, except yeah. unless they're like this. So if they can kind of be, you know, like that, Indiana Jones, the series, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I'll check it out. I watched the trailer for this. I actually saw the trailer for it on... Uh, I don't know something else. It I don't know. It do right. doesn't. It looks okay. Yeah, it yeah. looks like. Well, you got to get your feet under you. So we'll see how it goes. Exactly. It's kind of like a, if it's on and there's nothing else on, I'll give it a <laughs> shot type of thing. Um, National Treasure is cool because it Nicholas Cage and like you said, action adventure, but then it also has a little bit of the 
the conspiracy you're trying mm-hmm. to solve clues thing it's like a da vinci code light it, it, ah, like, yeah yeah da vinci code takes itself like way too serious like it's it's really really deep whereas national treasure is like it's fluff it's <laughs> very <laughs> much fluff and it could be very entertaining how that'll translate to a series on disney plus in 2022 i don't know but it is coming on december the 14th <laughs> Our first movie this week is Uma from 2022, no matter what people tell you. Um, This movie stars Sandra Oh, and it's about a Korean immigrant who's living alone with her daughter, kind of out, um, kind of secluded by themselves. Everything seems to be going fine until one day her uncle comes and delivers the remains of her mother's body. And that leads to all sorts of nonsense. So <laughs> Uma, it's on Netflix right now. Um, we've covered lots of uh, lots of horror movies, obviously. And we've talked about how they have tropes. And, you know, there's only like, I don't know, five or six different horror stories that have been told since like the dawn of man. This story is maybe the most cookie cutter plain movie, <laughs> horror movie we've ever covered on this show. Yeah, it's uh right. And it is so it's not it's not even scary. Doesn't even make sense at times. Non sequiturs galore. It was perfectly done. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it was it, it would be very good for like a scary story to tell in the dark type thing. Uh, yeah. not because it fits the tone or anything, but just because it's just like Bang, bang, bang! Like you could get it done in like three, <laughs> three pages type. Of thing. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Uh, to me, as a uh, Regina told me, like, oh, you gotta check out Uma with your mom, and we'll talk about that right now. And I was like, oh, my mom doesn't like scary movies. I don't think she'll want to watch it. And then Regina told me, well, really, it's not really a horror movie. It's more about family. <laughs> um, it is about, I guess generational trauma is trying to get that over and definitely it's trying to get over a story of moms and daughters but um i don't think it did it very well i think where the movie goes wrong is we don't know much about the mother and daughter dynamic before this happens i feel like we don't know them enough to care about this mysterious thing that's just happening to them i don't think there was much in the way of um character development we do get for me like when I saw this trailer, I was like, oh, Sam Raimi Productions. And I was kind of hoping for some, for a little bit more than what I got in the in the scare factors and the horror visuals as well. But the, I think it did a good job of telling the story of between Amanda and her mother. Not, not, the, not Chris, her daughter, but like Amanda and her immigrant mother who, who passed. Like, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Right. I think we get like, uh, so I think we get like, and that doesn't make sense like (laughs) but uh, I think we get more about their background where I kind of care more about the ghost (laughs) in a sense than the actual living people then I I can see I feel like it's a good mom movie still though if that makes any sense if you don't like think about mom movies and what they kind of like I feel like it's a good mom movie oh this is 100% a mom movie yeah yeah, I can see that. Um, I'll go for Blake. I'm sorry. I, no, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I thought the the whole story, like, this movie felt really long, and it is very short. I thought the first, like, 40 minutes kind of meandered around to where, like, you're kind of, like, Regina's saying, like, you're getting, you get this very cookie-cutter mom-and-daughter relationship with the the Chrissy, I guess, right? Is that her name? Mm-hmm. And Amanda. And then you get this kind of meandering tale, confusing tale about Amanda and her her umama mama, who was very not nice. Right. And there's this bizarre thing about electricity that, like, if you'd been abused by electricity, you wouldn't just be afraid. Just wouldn't be afraid of it like that. I'm sorry. Like, you wouldn't be like, <laughs> there's no electricity in the house, otherwise. My mom's going to zap me with it. Like, that's not, that's, I just don't think that's going to happen. I found it pretty, like, pretty difficult for the first, like, part. It uh, it all kind of ties together and comes together at the end. But it, um, does. it definitely does. But I found that first 30, 40 minutes pretty difficult. It can be pretty uh, bland. Um, 
I thought that uh, a little opposite of Regina, and this is nothing to do with like the writing or anything. I thought that the relationship between Amanda and Chrissy was easier to follow or easier to be get, get um, attached to than the one between Amanda and her mother. But it's only because like Sandra O oh does a really good job and uh, Fievel Stewart, congratulations on uh, not having a career end after um, um, an American tale, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Fievel Stewart does like a great job. So because she's on screen yeah. so much, that's the only reason that I thought that that relationship was better developed, just because they were together so much. Um, also, the performances, I'll say, it's a small, small cast. Right. In general, really good. Uh, Dermot Mulroney, Mulroney, second time we've seen him this year. Like he was really good in this. Honestly, the acting was top notch. There was nothing about the performances that was that were bad at all. And yeah, Fievel, what a name! And great, she was awesome. She was, she was awesome. And this is one of those cases where uh, you're like, wow, what the performances were wasted basically because they obviously put everything that they could into it, but there was just nothing there for them to work off of. I like the setup of it. I think it could have been a good movie had it just gone a different direction. Like a movie about our mother, a mother and daughter who, you know, they raise bees and they live in this little town and they choose to live off the grid. Drum Maroni is like their their cool neighbor that hangs out with them. Like I think it'd make a cool homework movie, to be honest. It was a good setup yeah. of, of them. I'm like, oh, I want to see more about their quaint life here. But yeah, but their houses smell so delicious. <laughs> yeah. And and spoiler warning, we go over little things here but i mean we're not going to ruin this for anybody who watches it and the um yeah there is a good premise there because it's you know it's it's basically about i guess being guilty and not wanting to be like your mother there it's the whole sins of the father thing except it's between uh, mothers and daughters oh yeah it's a story that's been told a bunch of times and this is a pretty you know unique premise to do it in but they never really just it's so generic like you know they live off the grid and then daughter wants to go to college but the mom doesn't really want her to leave so is is the mom who never wanted to be like her mom actually becoming her mom type of thing really generic and then i thought the addition of the the, the korean aspect of it was um super pointless <laughs> so uh, there's two things about this and i'll get to one later, but i did want to ask you how at, in, in any way because i i don't know this did this was the most generic cultural fucking story I've ever seen. And there was there any bearing to any like Korean culture and any actuality here? The only thing in it that um well aside from the title, which is like a super <laughs> common thing, just to, but um the only thing that that actually connected to anything, and this is just like my very, very like weak grasp of Korean culture is a uh Yishuan or, or, or it's like it's their ghosts, their ghosts that uh they weren't given a proper exit, so they're stuck in our world and they're pissed off. Okay. And I believe the uncle mentions that. I think he says that word. I, I thought I caught it. Gotcha. But other than that, like, I mean, there's really nothing like to it. She just happens to be a Korean woman and that's it, which, you know, in horror, they sometimes do that. But in this one, like the Korean aspect of it was played up to be so important that it, I'm not saying that we should have seen like, you know, Tale of Two Sisters or anything like that. Oh, but right. I mean, I mean, this is like this is just like the very faintest. She could have at least been driving a Daewoo. They gave, (laughs) (laughs) they paid as much attention to the Korean culture as like a Republican pays attention to election results. (laughs) 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 There was like nothing going on. I guess for me, what I did not care for was how, how quickly. Okay. So she explains to us and without spoiling anything, when she she seems to understand what her mom was going through. She explains like, oh, I get it. I get what you were going through. And she explains it. I just don't get how a person went from like being, I get getting depressed. I get having a breakdown. But like, how does she flip from being like a regular person to like, I'm going to lock you in a closet and electrocute you for being bad. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Like the, how I went from there to there. And same thing with Chrissy and Amanda. Um, you know, they're very close. It's like all they have is each other. It just takes one random outsider to like point something out to her. And all of a sudden she's really mean to her mother. And so I just feel like there's just like, um, I get like being a teenager and angry, 
it seems like when people flip their switch, they just kind of do it. And so I, I just don't understand the how they yeah. get from one extreme to another. Yeah. Yeah. The motivations were all over the place and not basically non-existent. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, this, the, the person who put this together, like, it's just basically someone was like, okay, I'm going to make a horror movie or someone tasked them to make a horror movie and they were like okay cool this is what's supposed to happen in a horror movie and then you're just watching it and it's just like da 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 except like Blake was saying like the first 40 minutes of a movie that's only an hour and 20 minutes <laughs> it's kind of like just you know you're I, I guess it's supposed to be character building and I guess they're supposed to be building a setting but it's just it, it's 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 a chore to get through it and then you get a very, very lack, lack, lackluster payoff, I thought. So uh, Uma, it's on Netflix right now. Regina, I'll uh, start with you. See or no see Uma? See? If you're going to watch it with your mom, who does not like horror movies, because I think it's a good mom movie still. A good mother and, and uh, child movie to watch together. <laughs> if you are a horror-loving, Sam Raimi-loving person, it, it's it's not the avenue for you, though. Cool. And Blake, see or no see Uma? Uh, I think you can no see Uma. <laughs> I, I mean, it was there was performances aside and everything. I don't think there was a lot of meat on the bone, and uh, yeah, very forgettable. Yeah, this movie I was kind of on the fence about, and not for any good reasons. It was just like, well, it's super generic, and the performances are good. So, I mean. Why not just put it on the background? After speaking with both of you, I'm kind of like, you know what? No, don't bother with Uma. <laughs> this week's feature presentation is NR10. I'm going to describe it by the logline because I don't know how to describe this movie. But it's about a man named Gunter who was abandoned in the woods, lived in foster homes, and he seems to be well-adjusted and is just living his life. So one day he is walking across a bridge and a man comes up to him, whispers something indecipherable in his ear, and it he starts having visions, Gunter does, and it totally changes his life. So NR10, which was a fantastic fest, like presents thing after the festival is actually over. Um, this movie is one of those movies that we've seen this year, just added to the pile of the first half is one thing, the second half is something entirely different. I think that this movie, the first, gosh, takes about an hour before it actually gets to the. Totally. The, yeah, it's a while before it gets to this whole mystery of the past thing. But um, I thought the first hour was actually really cool. It was like this Hitchcockian uh, thriller almost. I was really enjoying it. So I'll I'll agree with you. I I was on board <laughs> for the for the first hour of. Uh, adultery and uh, fucking with each other's heads. Like I, I thought that I thought this movie was going in a completely different. Well, what it did, it was going in a completely different direction. And uh, I really did enjoy that first hour. I'm sorry, I was just gonna say spoiler warning. Like we are gonna talk about some stuff that's in this movie, but and this movie has lots going on in it. So we will not ruin anyone's enjoyment. We will definitely not ruin like the big twist for this movie. But uh, go ahead, Regina. I really like the beginning with the use of like the it, it had a use of um characters in a play like a, a an acting troupe. I thought that was really cool. It reminded me of a Shakespeare play, like it's like you know there was, there was like an acting troupe hanging out somewhere in the background, like a, a play within the play all the time. Mm-hmm. So I was I was interested in that aspect of it, and I really like like all the like the subterfuge and like all the lies and the secrets. And I mean, it wasn't anything dramatic. It was just kind of like your everyday run of the mill kind of lying about stuff. It wasn't you know. For what the twist we get, it's it's pretty like I don't understand how we got from one section of the movie to the other, but um, I did really enjoy the first half of it. I was laughing though when you were saying that he grows up to Gunter grows up to be kind of well adjusted. He's so well adjusted that like nothing phases him. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's like super calm. Like daughter turns out to be missing a ma- major organ that's cool like yeah, yeah he's sleeping with the director's <laughs> wife and that gets like told to the world that's all right yeah, shit happens. Yeah. i still want where are my lines man 
Yeah, exactly. Don't don't take my lines away from me. Yeah. <laughs> don't give them to that's, that dude. That's where he draws the line. Yeah, don't do and, that. yeah, that's where he shows the most emotion. And even and we'll we'll get to the twist right now. But even when they tell him, like, okay, here's what's going on. Like, I would expect to be like this crazy outburst of like, you know, you're crazy. I don't believe it. How can it be? Blah blah blah. He's just like, okay, like, okay, going with it. Totally, uh, yeah. this must be real. <laughs> what's the next step but before we get to that like the first hours um there is a problem in that there's a whole lot of characters and Mm -hmm. almost everybody does have some sort of subplot going on but then it all ties back to gunter which i thought was really well done there was all these betrayals and this this is actually in in the trailer like people are getting their their feet nailed to stages and it's it's pretty wild what's going on like they did a really good job of putting together like these people have super mundane lives. I mean, they just get in a car, go to the auditions and go home, sleep with your mistress. And that's it. Like, I mean, by clockwork, super boring. And then when an element of something different is introduced, this Gunter's extramarital affairs, they, none of them know how, all of them overreact. No one knows how to handle it. And uh, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. They, I thought, Everybody acted so weird that, you know, like they, they would it would go from moments of like, oh, like these people are behaving in a way that like, yeah, that's how people are to, you know, totally not so. And so like, yeah, it was like you said, Hitchcockian, it's kind of got this like juxtaposition of like what you're seeing about what who's lying and how they're lying about it and what they're saying. to do. And yeah, that whole spider web of stuff, which ultimately is totally pointless is really pretty cool and i really wish it had done something with that and i this movie maybe my most uh of the year and like you said pat we've seen a few of these this year where it's just like total shift let's like this one was the hardest left turn and the most disappointing i you know i it definitely it's the (laughs) the most shocking twist like easily and the fact that like you said like they did all they spent an hour of this film like building these characters and saying where i really thought it was going to be like something to do with these three characters and decisions that have been made i thought the twist would be somewhere in there and then it turns out that none of that means anything in the grand scheme of things like it was i'm sorry i was just saying there's one really baffling thing that happens too because we know that there are some other powers at work revolving around Gunther's life. And they do make one weird decision, a pretty big move that has nothing to do with anything. Had they did not, had they not messed around with, um, I'll just say without anything, there is a person who's sick. They yeah. decide to intervene. It does nothing to anything. It really doesn't, except it's one small thing. And I think it could have been done a different way. It didn't need to be so, it didn't need to be that extreme, I guess. And it was, but just a weird thing that happened. It's it's a weird thing that happened. And if I think about it hard enough, I'm like, okay, I can see how this works, how it needed to be done, but it didn't need to be done. So it kind of throws off like a little bit of a, a new tone is introduced to the film at that point when that happens. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen why that needed to be done. <laughs> Had the movie gone in a different direction. Yeah, like there's no... I, you can make an argument there's no closure for the entire movie at all but you get oh. absolutely you, you there's no way you can even pretend that there's any sort of closure to the first half of the movie at all yeah there's there's almost no correlation with anything that happens and that's what makes it so difficult because it's like almost it's almost like this is the last part the last third last act is like a joke it's like it's a joke, and there's like the real end of the movie out there somewhere. Yeah, jokes on us. Yeah, no, it's really the joke ends up being on anyone who's watched because you get this first half that's like, I mean, really interesting with everything that they're doing. Like, uh, the characters are really cool. Um, I I think one of the things, and Blake, you had mentioned the hard left turn, and it's yeah, it's it's a shocker. But one thing this movie does better than any movie that we've seen that's like it is, um, Gunter is he's not a background character per se, but he's just a part of a larger cast. 
And over the course of the almost two hours, it's like an hour 40, like they keep the movie draws him to the forefront, but it does it as the audience, you know what the movie, you know, eventually he is going to be the main character, but the actual movie, they do a really good job of slowly bringing him into the front. And instead of just like, you know, he's a background character, the first hour, all of a sudden he's the guy you're following, which we've Mm. seen in other movies. I thought that that was really well done. Now, the actual yeah. twist, which we'll get to right now, when Regina and I were watching it, like at first, I, I kind of, I honestly didn't get it at first because um, it didn't make sense to me, like mm-hmm. at all. It has no connective tissue to the first part of the movie. So it made no sense to me. And then as things were going along, then, I mean, it, it's pretty cut and dry as to what's happening. Uh, um yeah. I this is one of those things where it's like I don't know how I feel about it and I've had about a week to think about it now. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I was yeah. shocked. Yeah, no, I so I they literally take a moment in the movie to make a phone call. It was like he makes a phone call to the first part of the movie and he goes, Hey, first part of the movie, I want this to continue. And the movie goes, Nope, it's over. <laughs> and it hangs up on him. and a whole new movie begins that is like i said it's so um bewildering i guess is the word out there out there and it's also very pointed at the catholic church and if the it is literally whoever made this film uh i forget the name uh at the moment uh alex van warderdam I, I think it was literally just a it was just a shot to take like he was like ah fuck it I'm just gonna take this shot at the Catholic Church fuck you and it has again that almost has nothing to do with what's actually transpiring it's literally bewildering I've never been more just like what the fuck and like also off put by it was a kind of insulting <laughs> to be quite honest it, it, it kind of is because um so i think after having some time to think about it like it seems like the twist is kind of one of those let's just do this because it'll be really weird because what yeah exactly and and then yeah like someone's like oh yeah when we do it we'll also this is what we'll, we'll say about the catholic church yeah. and so it's like yeah no one will see that coming and and they're right because they're right. it makes absolutely no sense with the rest of the movie aside from the fact that there are some priests are like puppet masters in the first sure. i mean like you get that and that's about it and what the first half does is it's like you know you got all these characters and they're all involved in this subterfuge and there's people recording things and you don't know who to trust and no one's a good person and the second half, yeah, the story becomes much more focused because there's only <laughs> two or three characters. But like, it just makes no sense. It's 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 not fun anymore. And it, <laughs> yeah, that last, <laughs> that ending there, you know, it does do this thing where it's like, haha, let's let's. I don't know. It feels like a prankster edge lord made the movie. The <laughs> <That's end>. exactly <laughs> Someone awesome. took over at the end and was just like, ah, you know what? I'm going to just play a prank here. And maybe the poor director is probably like, oh my gosh, now that's on Netflix. They're like, what happened to my movie? Someone else took over and finished it. It really doesn't make any sense. It really oh, doesn't. <laughs> it might. It might as well have ended with like a scene from the Mighty Boosh. Like just insert <laughs> insert random scene from Mighty Boosh and end film mm-hmm. like. <laughs> <laughs> the movie like the twist and everything and the last the literal last scene it, it comes out of nowhere like the movie does do a good job of surprising you yes but <laughs> just yeah. it's just the reason it does it is because it's just so out there and over the top it's it's um and then they do these things in the second half where like they introduce a few plot threads that are potentially interesting depending on where they go and it would only be interesting to that part of the movie right but they do nothing with them whatsoever and that's disappointing about it i can't i can't find one thing about the end of this movie that i find enjoyable or that anybody should try to replicate in the future (laughs) i did find well i can't say it without uh, there were some visuals at the end that I found really amusing. I'm not sure if they were supposed to be amusing, but I, they made yeah. me laugh. <laughs> so. Yeah, like the literal last scene <laughs> yeah. 
it is it is pretty funny like i don't think it's supposed to be or i don't know i, I don't know what it i don't know what the intention was but um it, it was funny uh for, for what it's worth <laughs> so nr10 um blake i'll start with you this is oh. actually it's just come to via video on demand and digital um see or no see god damn it nr10 it's such a good thing going no no, I can't recommend this movie. No, it, if it sounds interesting to you and you want to watch it as a gag because of what we've said here tonight, go right ahead. But don't blame me if you're pissed. <laughs> Regina, uh, see or no see, NR10. Okay. I've actually been telling people to see it just because I want to talk to people about it because <laughs> I can't say, oh, I saw this movie and it, what's it about? I can't tell you. So like, I just want people <laughs> to see it for that purpose. I can talk to them about it, but no really don't see it because it, at the end of the day their little twist kind of makes it a waste of time i think at, you've sat through um someone's nonsense uh, <laughs> it's uh it's been a while since i've uh, downvoted both movies on this show but uh yeah there's really no point to watch this movie uh, every weekend you can find us here we're part of the morbidly beautiful podcast network where they have a bunch of horror theme podcasts and uh, we're on there also we also have an open review policy and we're willing to talk about movies with strange twists or that want to kind of touch on korean culture or hell even smile or something but let us know if there's something that you think we need to check out and you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Adventures in Movies. You can also find Nathaniel creeping on Instagram at Adventures in Nathan. You can find Blake stalking on Twitter at Foride Horror. And I am plotting away on Instagram at Danger Chavez. That's right. And next week, I'm just going to tell you, it's the leech and a wounded fawn. So please tune in for that. <laughs> Happy holidays, everybody. Uh, you yes. can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can go to Spotify. Amazon Music has podcasts now, including ourselves. Uh, or you can go to Morbidly Beautiful. Wherever you listen to us, make sure to give us a rating or just tell a friend to listen. And that's our cue. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Adios.